If you're a single person who wants to be in a relationship, well, you know the drill. You have to put yourself out there and be open to the possibilities. But dating has changed. To find our dates, we're relying less and less on in-person interactions and introductions from friends and family, and more and more on impersonal algorithms. Whether it's the fresh hell that is dating apps, navigating the quagmire that is figuring out who pays on the first date, or being ghosted by someone you thought you had a great time with, dating is a stressful and demoralizing experience. Even married people agree. How many of your married friends have said something like, Oh my god, I couldn't even imagine having to date again. What a nightmare. Thanks, Janine. That's super helpful. We can all agree that dating sucks, including my guest today, Kira Sabin. She's a positive psychology practitioner, certified life coach, and the troop leader of love at RelationshipQuotient.com. And she's here to share the seven reasons that dating is the worst. And this is the Spinster Life Podcast, the podcast that will never send you unsolicited dick pics. Thank you so much for being here, Kira. I'm so excited to be here, Amy. I I am too. Dating is something that is new for me to cover on this podcast. It is not something I'm new to, but it is something that I have not covered on this podcast. I've tried to shy away from it and go all in on the spinster narrative. I want to start talking about all of the aspects of singlehood and dating is a huge part of that. So thank you for being here and guiding us in our search to find why exactly dating sucks. It does. Oh my God, doesn't it suck. <laughs> it's the literal worst. I don't know if you're a Parks and Rec fan, but th- when I describe dating, that's what I see as John Raffio going, the worst. It's <laughs> the worst. You have a gif going in your head all of the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> it It is. And we all say that. I think there are reasons that it sucks for each individual. And I think that there are reasons that it universally sucks. I am going to go so bold to say, because this is what I talk about all day, every day, by the way, I have for the last 14 years. I'm going to be so bold to say is that the point of dating, right, is to learn how to start creating a relationship with someone that will hopefully turn probably into something long-term, if that's what you're looking for. And everything that we're doing right now, whether it be technology, whether it be the way that we approach first dates, is super flawed, and it's not helping us. And if it's not helping us, we have to look a little deeper because I personally feel that if you want a a long-term relationship, there should be some thought put into it. There should be some idea of what you want and what you need for that relationship. There should be a bigger conversation about how we actually connect and build with people versus find and hope that it just works out. We do put a lot of blind faith into love and things just working out. Before we dive into all of that, please tell us a little bit more about you, about your business, and how you got into the dating coaching game. It's not a cool, sexy, or romantic story in any way. I was actually changing jobs, trying to figure out what to do with my life. My friend actually became a life coach. And I said, can I hire you for a few sessions to really talk about where do I go from here? I had been working with kids recreationally for years and years and years, but I wasn't loving it anymore. It was really low paying and low appreciation. And after having a few sessions, I'm like, I think I could do this. And she's like, I think you could too. And I sat down for quite a while and thought to myself, if I can talk about one thing every single day, that's never going to bore me. That's something I can continue to be passionate about. What would it be? And I settled on love. 
Because not only do I think love is a very important emotion, it's the supreme positive emotion. I think that we're not that good at it. (laughs) And I think that if we look around, we see a lot of people struggling with it. And so the unsexy part is I'm like, people are going to need this. And you want to pick something that people are going to need. But in this past 15 years of doing this, it's 15 actually in a couple of weeks. You know, congratulations. Thank you. I have since also taken all I've learned. And in the beginning, I was actually I had a business called League of Adventurous Singles. And it was really for singles and single women like myself at the time to be able to appreciate where you're at right now. We treat singleness as a waiting room. Like we're just waiting for somebody to come in and call our name, like the doctor's office or something like that. And it shouldn't be. It is so much like the doctor's office because it's like a thing that you need to fix about yourself. So we just sit there in this waiting room, hoping that we bump into the right person, hoping that somebody chooses us. And we really don't take advantage of this amazing time because when you're single, there are things that you have the time, sometimes the finances, sometimes just the energy to do that you can't in a relationship or especially if you start having a family. So I think that being single, especially traveling when single is one of the most beautiful things that you can do and the self-awareness and the self-worth that you can build from it. Is Absolutely. Incredible. Huge advocate of solo travel. And After years of doing that myself, I actually was never concerned about getting married, was never that concerned about having a partnership. I didn't like my parents' relationships. Most people around me seemed pretty unhappy. So I was cool talking to singles about being singles. And then I met my husband in my hometown of 5,000 people in small town, Wisconsin, at a bowling alley. Ooh, that's mm, that's a really sexy first date location. It is classy, classy. And we ended up that night making out by the dumpster out back, (laughs) super drunk. Yeah, nothing smells better than a bowling alley dumpster. Oh, it's it's stunning. I was super drunk on Sambuca. And then I think we did make our way to the backseat of my mom's car like I was 16, although I was actually, (laughs) although I was actually 41. And the crazy shit is all the things that I had been preaching and teaching about being kind to yourself and setting boundaries really paved a way for me to date this guy and create a relationship. And I am so proud of what we've built. We've now been together eight years. We got married a couple of years ago in Mexico. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it's not because he's now my husband and completing me. He's just my partner on this weird ass journey called life. And we are each other's support system and cheerleaders. And it's amazing. Congratulations on finding your person. No. You didn't find a husband, you found your person. No, but I'm going to correct you on that and say, I built this with him. I created my old own soulmate by speaking up for who I was, speaking up for what I needed, asking him questions. And I want to say to everybody who's listening to this, and by the way, if you don't want to date, don't. It's hard out there. <laughs> but if there's, if, if there's a part of you that's like, I think I do want a long-term like partner or relationship, it's possible But I also want to give people the permission and the power to say that you actually create this with another person. It's not found. He wasn't hiding under a bushel. Love's not hiding from us like a treasure hunt. You have to build it with another person. And that's one of the fallacies that we've been, that we've been told. Our theory of 
love right now is we meet somebody, we feel sparks our chemistry, we kind of slide into a relationship with them, whether it's a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And then you wake up on the other side going, wait, who is this person? Do I even like them? You might have married them in that process. And we believe that we fall in love. And if it's the right person, you stay in love. Or if it's not the right person, you fall out of love. You can't fall in or out of love. That's not actually how emotions work. All of this is just bullshit sold to us by media. God, I sound so ranty conspiracy theorist. Right <laughs> but- no, but it is, but it is absolutely one of the sources that contributes. I've been thinking about being single and, and relationships and trying to debunk all of this. And it's still so embedded in my subconscious that you find love instead of the very real fact. It's a day to day process. It's a choice. It is work. It is all of these things. It is not just this like magical one enchanted evening kind right. of thing. It's this little fairy tale that's sold to us of this magical experience. You will just fall into it because that's easy, right? To fall into it. Well, I actually think that one of the reasons we believe so deeply in the idea of soulmates or the one or our twin flame, and I'm not going to tell you whether those are there or not. I don't think that they necessarily have to do with your partner, though. But what I will say is that we've fallen into this idea so much because then it means we don't have to work for it. Exactly. If it's it's magical, if it's magic, right? If love is magic, it will just either happen to you or it won't. And the thing is, is none of that information is true. Just none of it is. That's not the way that love works in our body. That's not the way that relationship works, work long term. Our bodies actually produce certain chemicals in the beginning phase of a relationship that don't stay forever. That's actually called like the obsessive love phase or the honeymoon period. That's only supposed to last anywhere from three months to two years. And then you still have another imperfect person across from you. That's your partner. You better know what to do with that. You better have built something that's solid so that when the hormones fade away and it's just two people sitting in a room that are maybe bored with each other, that you know how to do the work, how to build it back up and how to not devolve into just completely resenting this person for chewing too loudly. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's there are five stages and you can invite me back at another time for that. But there are five stages to a relationship that most of us don't know about. And that first one is the honeymoon period, the obsessive love phase, like I said. And then the next one is we fall into something called the power struggle phase. And 90% of relationships end in the power struggle phase. 90%. And maybe those people haven't separated. Maybe they haven't divorced but they're not together. They're not in a happy relationship. But most of people don't even know this information and they certainly haven't built the foundation with the other person during that honeymoon phase to keep it going and keep it feeling good. And that's some of the stuff that I teach people. I'm trying to get on every podcast. Should we all have this information? Part of the reason why we're so disappointed and frustrating, frustrated in dating right now, I think is because we the ideas that we believe aren't true. And they keep letting us down because we're trying to obtain something that doesn't actually exist, which is this obtaining this idea of love that you just keep forever. Yeah. And and it never changes. And you're always in that like perpetual honeymoon phase. And we're all sold that that's the relationship, the honeymoon phase. And you're just supposed to be madly, goofily in lust with each other and make moony eyes at each other (laughs) for the entirety of your relationship. But that's not realistic. 
First of all, if we all lived in that phase, that obsessive love phase, we wouldn't even have like fire or the wheel. Like we'd all just be having sex all the time, right? We would, we would yeah. not be far there, this far along for better or worse in our world because all we would do is be consumed with the other person. That's not real. You can't have, live a life. We all have real lives and jobs and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's amazing to me as I've dug deeply into really understanding like what love is. I even think most people don't really know what love is or what a real healthy relationships looks like because they weren't role modeled it. I would totally agree with that. My parents had a weird relationship. They they didn't talk to each other. That wasn't modeled for me. And then TV, movies. I grew up at a time when like the romantic comedies that were popular, it was all about showing up on someone's lawn with a boombox. And that's what love is or convincing this woman that you're the one and winning her heart. And then she has to love you because you did the impossible thing. That's not healthy either. No, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. And we're all losing, right? I don't think that like men are winning and women are losing. We're all losing. When we buy into this bullshit and these unhealthy beliefs of love being a fairy tale what that lasts forever. The thing is, is nothing in our life lasts forever. Nothing. No. So why would we think this one thing would? You're not going to be obsessed with your partner every single second of every day. I hope you're not. You have things to do in your life, right? (laughs) You know, and so, yeah. yeah. You need to develop as a complete human being and not just a person who's in love. That can't be your personality. It can't because what happens if something changes, right? And I'm not even talking about not just all of a sudden somebody doesn't want to be with you. I don't think that that really happens. If that happens, you're not having a communication in your relationship. But tragedies happen every day. Every fucking day. Every day. People can pass away. Does that mean that that was all you get? Does that mean all that's all you have? No, it doesn't. But Let's keep talking. I've actually created a list because I'm so passionate about this, about <laughs> why dating sucks. Okay. If we All can right. go through it, because I want to yeah. be amazing for your people. Reason number seven, that dating sucks. First of all, dating is relatively new. People don't get that. Dating is about 100 years old. It didn't happen until the Industrial Revolution when women and men were able to move to cities and actually have a little bit of money of their own or be out of their parents' house. Before that, people wouldn't date. You were maybe courted or you were wooed with your parents there. Your parents usually chose who you married. There wasn't love. My great, great, great grandmother did not care if she was deeply in love with her husband, nor did yours. They just were trying to survive. They were trying to put food on the table and that make sure their kids didn't die of like the croup. I mean, you know, or like some kind of terrible disease that kids died from in, in the 1800s. Right. So, and this we, is, and this is all based in intense gender inequality because women basically weren't people. And for a woman getting married was so important so that you could survive and you weren't an outcast and you had money. Absolutely. When dating started in these cities where young women would move, they would maybe be secretaries, they were starting to get work. But one thing we don't really talk about is they were never paid enough to live. They were paid enough money to either supplement their father's or their husband's income. So if you actually wanted to have a life outside of your home or work, you had to date. Because you were never paid enough to actually have a social life. In fact, there were women back then who were quoted to say, I would not be able to live 
if I did not date because I don't make enough money to even eat every day. That is just angering. It's super angering. (laughs) But the thing is, is that I hear a lot of people right now swooping into this, man, I wish dating was like the good old fashioned days, right? Where people were courting and people were wooing. And the thing is, is that what we also forget is that women didn't have any rights. We were not able to have a bank account. For a lot of people, those that is the good old days. And they do wish to return to a time when women have no rights. So for them, it is the good old days. Let's just that's another podcast. But just the same, I actually hear a lot of women, though, saying that I want to be courted. I wanted to be wooed. I want the man to pay for everything. The reason that men paid for everything is they had to because we did not make a living wage. We're not able to have a bank account until our till the 60s. We couldn't have our own credit card till the 70s. This is my lifetime. I was born in the 70s. So that's not that long ago. So I guess I, I think it's really important to be, for people to know that dating is relatively new and it's never been good. It's never actually worked for anyone. And I just did a two-hour workshop on this for my Reinventing Dating program. And everybody at the end was like, whoa, because when you learn where all of these ideas that we have now, these ideals come from, they're not healthy and they're not helpful to anyone and particularly women. And they're not modernized at all. Our perception of dating is stuck in the 1800s, but we have cell phones and dating apps and little robots who can deliver you food. Like we, we, we've advanced so much, but we still view dating as if we're stuck in the past. Absolutely. It's really funny to me. It's not even funny. It's like ludicrous. It's like what I scream out loud about every day, how we do not put more thought and energy into the one of the most important relationships we're going to have in our life. The fact that people are like, I don't know, I don't even think I need to work on this. And I'm like, why would you not educate yourself on how to choose a great person for you and how to build something? But that's my cross to be like, that's what I, what I spend <laughs> well, my days talking about. But I want more people to be talking about it because we could make this better. Yes, we can make it not suck. We are make we, it not suck. Should we move on to the next reason? We sure can. Okay, reason number six, that dating sucks. Gender roles have shifted and we don't know how it works now. And no one knows what they're doing, right? Like who's supposed to pay? Are people supposed to open the door for each other? Where should you meet? All of these different questions are unanswered because things have shifted. Women, I'm not saying that we have equal pay, but we have a livable wage now. So things are shifting and nobody has their footing anymore right? Nobody knows who's supposed to do what. And so what happens is we could either just shut down and give up or we keep hurting each other in this process, right? The whole dance of who pays, that's that has always been just one of those really fraught things because a lot of men, at least when I dated, a lot of men would interpret that they paid as like they also paid for access to your body. That's true. That is... In a lot of ways, that still stems from that 1920s and 30s of dating and people and women going to what's called like rough dances. Men would dance with you and get to grope you in exchange for paying you. So it wasn't sex work, but it was some kind of legal form of dating as an exchange. And it's not okay. And it's right. and we haven't really necessarily changed that mindset. Yeah. But for the women who are so out there saying, I expect men to pay for dates and I expect, I want you to think about why. 
Where is that coming from? Is that coming from a fear space or a love space? Is that coming from a place where you're going to build a partnership with somebody? Or is that coming from some kind of weird thing that happened 100 years ago that isn't relevant anymore? I'm a proponent that until you know you like each other, you're paying for your own shit. Why wouldn't you? That's why I'm a huge proponent for don't go to dinner on the first date. For a lot of reasons, don't go to dinner on a first date. There's no awkward splitting of the check. It's easier to get out of if you're not having a good time. I'm a big believer in ice cream or vegan ice cream. It is cheap. Everybody likes ice cream. Yeah. And, and it's, it's short, right? You hang out for half an hour to 45 minutes. You talk, you see, you know, it's in public. Like you don't know this person, right? You don't know who they are. And I watch enough Dateline and listen to enough murdery (laughs) podcasts to tell you, to tell you that whatever romantic ideas that you have about somebody picking you up for the first date or paying for your date, make sure that they're actually grounded in something that's healthy grounded in something that's working for you. Our gender roles have shifted. Women don't play this certain role anymore and men don't play this certain role anymore. Right. Which, and, then, and, and not all of that is bad. It's but not. We haven't had the conversation of, so either either we, we don't factor gender into it anymore and it's just two people hanging out or we, I guess, define new rules. Love to hear you weigh in on that. Here's my general guidelines. Know yourself. Know how you work well enough to understand what feels good and what doesn't. I'm never going to tell each tell somebody when they should have sex with somebody, but I am going to say you shouldn't be having sex with somebody that you can't have a conversation about sex with. Yes. Right? Like right. you like we let people into our vajayjays very easily and we won't even have a tough conversation with them. And there's a lot of there's a lot of possible outcomes, especially for women that aren't that positive. So let's stop doing that. Know yourself well enough to know if I sleep with somebody right away and become emotionally attached, I don't see things clearly, right? If I sleep with someone right away, and I'm doing it because they want to and not me know yourself. Don't do it for the sake of like being the cool girl going along with whatever is suggested to you, you have agency to say, I don't like that. That's not something that I value. That's not something that I want to do with my body. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that we don't do that. This morning, a former client reached out to me and shared a meme. And she's like, it made me think about you and how you always say, ask better questions. You know, all the time I hear <laughs> yeah. I hear women saying, why are they doing this? Or why are they doing that? I'm like, ask them. This isn't right. a puzzle you have to solve. Right. You're one oh, half of the situation. If I had hours of my life back that I spent hours just days. puzzling, puzzling over what did it mean when he said, I don't like tomatoes? What did that mean? Ask better questions of them. Ask better questions of yourself, right? Like dig in a little bit because if something doesn't feel good, there's a thousand reasons of why it doesn't feel good. Right. Most, some of them are going to be healthy and some of them are not going to be healthy. Ask yourself better questions. And if you don't know the answers, ask them. I can't believe yeah. how we have normalized this idea that women talk to other women about their relationships, their hetero relationships. That doesn't make sense. All of my 20s were spent dissecting men's behavior, and I never once thought to just ask them what the tomato hey. comment meant. It, like, And yeah, I didn't ask myself, why did the tomato comment trigger me? I think that what we don't understand is that not only dating, but significant relationships are just the next level in, of you getting to know yourself. Because if you're in a new and healthy relationship, it will push you. It will challenge you. It'll make you question things that you thought about yourself. Not always positively, but 
that's part of the reason of why relationships are so amazing, like healthy relationships, because we do learn more about ourselves. So there are things that I had just let go about myself that when I started dating my now husband, I was like, oh, do I do that? Oh, shit. I do do that, right? Things that I would never have noticed because it was just me in my own head all the time, which is not always a great place to be. Your husband, he asked better questions, which made you ask better questions of yourself. And we do that all the time, right? We do that all the time. Just over New Year's, we twice a year do check-ins with each other. Like I, we sat down and we're like, how are we feeling? How is, what are our goals this year? How can we be doing better in this relationship? How can we be supporting each other on our individual goals? We do that regularly. And because of that, when people are asking me, how's Danny? I'm always like, he is the least of my problems. And not like in a bad way, but like, we're good. And we're always good. And if something were to be amiss, you trust him enough to know that he'll bring it up. You don't have to to worry about decoding his behavior and decoding if something is wrong. You know that you can have that conversation. And it's because, once again, we built that. That's part of the, like, guidelines of our relationship, that if there's a problem, we bring it up right away and we talk it through. A lot of women, when they hear me talk about Danny, because I'm a huge fan, they're like, <laughs> does he have a brother? Where can I find a Danny? And that kind of pisses me off. Just right, so- because you you do not like the word construction of find someone that you're in love with or find a man because... Or, or to think that you're going to find where our relationship is eight years later. I'm always like, this is who we created through feeling safe and trusting each other and loving each other every single day. This relationship exists like this because we both have created this relationship to exist like this. There are plenty of people creating relationships every day that don't exist like this. Absolutely. Like they're not communicating. There's just resentment simmering under the surface of literally every interaction that they ever have. Reason number five that dating sucks. Our expectations have completely changed. Even if, How, right? Yeah. Ex- yeah. Explain my, more. So my mom, when she started to date my dad, she was looking for a nice guy from a nice family nearby. That's it. That's yeah. literally it. That's She okay. did not wonder if he was going to be her partner. She did not wonder if he was going to be her co-parent. Those were not her expectations or goals. Right. We now want partners. Yeah. Our standards are, are more in depth they're higher they're higher they're more specific and and that's overall good right these relationships that we want now these partnerships of co-parents and our best friend i think that they are beautiful and i 100 percent agree but we've never had that in history we've never had it so why do we think we're just going to fall into it now i sometimes call dating apps man stores because you can just keep swiping until you find someone you know, that that fits all of your check boxes. Until they don't. Until they, they don't. Will. Right. Because we're humans. And every single person we meet is going to be a package of great and not so greats. And you spend time with somebody who has similar goals, who has similar values, wants the same kind of relationship with you, yeah. and emo- is emotionally available. Yeah. Right? Like we keep wanting perfect people. Perfect people don't exist. Which brings me to my next one, which is we are more about winning people over than connecting. 
we have turned dating into some kind of weird online game where we find the best person who we think could like us. And then we try to either lie to them or over exaggerate or withhold information to win them over into liking us rather than actually connect to see if you could have a partnership. I mean, we have a whole industry around trying to do that about writing the right profile and taking the right pictures and when when you should disclose things and all of these like rules around dating that are completely arbitrary for us as individuals. I like to break things down. I like the science. I like the psychology. We are dating because we want a relationship and we want a relationship for joy and happiness, right? To feel good every day, to feel loved, yeah. to feel seen, to feel heard. But none of the ways that we're dating right now, whether it be online or whether it be these interview processes that we have, none of them are getting us to that joy, to that love. So that's why we have to relook at what we're doing. And now exactly what you said, we have so many options Nobody ever digs in to go, wait, that ended. What was my role? What could I have done better? We never just step back and go, okay, what can I learn from this before we go back out there? We just don't like feeling yucky. And so we just get ourselves back out there to get some attention. Yeah, I did that for 10 years. Welcome to it. Me too. (laughs) Solidly. Yeah. 10 years of my life. Every breakup or rejection or date that didn't work out, just get back out there. I didn't stop and think about what I could have done differently, what I should have asked for, any of that. Absolutely. And we don't. And the thing is, is like, could I be more excited about just girl power in general and female communities? I could not. But we don't always do right by each other in dating. We talk yeah. to our friends who we know some of their shit. We see some of their shit. We may right. even talk to our other friends right. about like, some of their shit. Girl, it's his loss. Exactly. Throw down the Prosecco, champagne, boxed wine, whatever it is. And we're like, you know what? You are so better without him. His loss. Never like, hey, do you remember how you got really, really overwhelmed by this for a while there? But yeah, you don't ever say that to your friends. And I don't know if that's a a bad thing necessarily. Like you're not your friend's therapists. Absolutely. You're your friend's cheerleaders. And if they don't explicitly ask you, it's not, I don't know if it's in your place exactly to tell them, here's how you can change. Like no one wants to hear that when they're down. But we can say to them really kindly, what do you think you'd do different next time? That is, yes, that is a very good tip. Or you can say, especially if you have a friend who's constantly talking about it and you see them making the same mistakes over and over and over, what kind of resources or tools can you find to help you with this? Because they exist now, right? Right. They didn't before. Right. And we seem to have a weird shame about needing help for love or dating and relationships. But once again, I come back to that space of if you choose this, this is a very, very important part of your life. Why would you not do some work towards it? To make it the, to, to give yourself the best chance of connection and building something great with somebody else. Yeah. It's an area where the investment is worth it. The investment of your time is worth it to work on yourself. I'm going to go as far to say it's not optional. You're either going to be working on your relationship in therapy 10 years down the road, six years too late, or you can maybe do some of this work now and build something that's stronger and better. I feel that we, when we talk about love and dating and actually why I am fully focused on dating now, I've been talking about love and dating relationships for years, but 
I'm focused on dating because there is not helpful information out there. A lot of it is bullshit about exactly what you said. What should you have for profile pics? What should you put in your profile? Here are great things to text to like start a conversation. And none of that matters if you don't know what to do with that person when the relationship starts. Yeah, we're start. you're starting at like C and you needed to start it at point A. Really want if anybody's listening to this to think about the last time you maybe went on a date or even being with your friends, either in being at work. Are you connecting with people? Or are you just trying to constantly win them over? And I think that a lot of us will be surprised when we dig into that, because I think especially as women, we're taught to fit in, we're taught to overly compliment, we're taught to just do all of these things for people to like us that have nothing to do with connection. It's to do with either like withholding information, withholding parts of ourselves. How many times do I see on TV or hear people say, well, you never tell them the bad stuff up front. You like make them love you first. That's the craziest shit ever. Yeah. There's a middle ground between spilling every bad thing that you've ever done on the first date and get tricking them into loving you. No, I mean, there's like an actual process. There's an actual timeline of how we get to know people. And it's not right away. The psychology is that most people don't really start letting on their walls and showing people who they are for at least three months. So you, if you think you're in love with them before three months, my guess is you probably haven't really seen a lot of them yet. Yeah, I, that makes absolute sense. And that just brings to mind the show Love is Blind. Oh. <laughs> so I actually I actually broke down every episode of the first season on my podcast. I broke down every episode and man, I couldn't do season two or three. It's too much. <laughs> you just could not do that to yourself. I, I literally can't spend my time watching the exact thing that I think is like shitting on love. Just and encouraged and they're calling it love. It yeah. sounds to me, it sounds like when you're on the playground, when you're like in kindergarten and they start to tease you that you love somebody. When they say to each other that they love each other, it sounds to me like that, like they're children playing at being in love. The thing is, is that One of the things I teach is that love is an emotion and emotions are only supposed to last about 90 seconds. I know what people don't understand is we can feel love that moment of connection with lots of people, but to keep that love going in a relationship, you have to build a relationship that allows you to bring that feeling up anytime, any day. But ultimately, once again, we can't fall into love. And that that's not the way that emotions work in our body. We have to instead, I sometimes say a relationship's like a garden, you have to water it, it needs sun, it needs stuff. And only then can the flower grow. And it's the same thing with love. You need a relationship that has trust and communication and intimacy and vulnerability. And only then can love grow from that. But you're going to be really, really devastated when that obsessive love or honeymoon phase is over and you have a a really imperfect person with no foundation. And that's what's happening in our society every day. And then what we do is we get mad at them and we try to change them or they try to change us. And that's... Yeah, we get get mad at them. We get mad at them for not being the person that we thought they were in our heads. Exactly. Reason number four, that dating sucks. (gasps) technology has changed dating. Uh uh And I believe overall, not for the better. I just need to throw a couple things out there. Number one, as a reminder, in case people don't know, online dating is a, I believe last year, a $25 billion industry. 
That sounds probably very accurate. Yes. $25 billion industry. That industry is not necessarily there to help you connect. That industry is there to make money. This is a humongous industry of people trying to continue to keep people on their apps. Number two, this is devastating to me, $547 million were lost in online dating scams last year. Oh, I, my heart for, hurts for those people. We, didn't we all watch the Tinder swindler? And are we aware of these scams now? We are, but that's the things that we are so illogical about love. Money is no object because it's, I love this person. Or this person needs me, right? This person needs me. And yeah. I like to feel needed. So I'm going to help them out because we believe that for some reason, if we fix them or help them out, they'll then have to love us. But that's the exact same manipulation that we say about men paying for dates and expecting something from us. It's all manipulative and it doesn't have anything to do with connecting. Or even like winning people over. Like instead of saying the right things, if you put up the cash, then they'll have to love you. Absolutely. And that's why we have to like keep our eyes wide open so that we are really watching about who this person is, not who they're portraying to be. Yeah. Uh, Do you know any of the warning signs that your online match might might be trying to scam you? Oh, 100%. Number, Number one, get on a date with them. Most of this happens with people who are in other countries saying that they found your picture on Facebook or Instagram and they're intrigued by you and you're beautiful and all of these things. And when we're lonely and we don't have great self-worth, like we start to go, really? And you start having conversations with somebody you've never met that you don't even know if that's the real person. Most of this goes away when you actually sit across from that person and go on a date with them. That's a huge red flag there, especially if they're giving you weird reasons for why they don't want to meet. They're over complimentary. complimentary. They're love bombing you a little bit. They don't know you. They don't know you. So if they're telling you they love you or telling you that you're the one, think, ask better questions. Right. right? Yeah. And so if that's like what you need to hear in that moment and you're not aware of that enough to get it somewhere else or recognize that, you'll, you will pay to hear that stuff because that's your need at that moment. You're willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill it, but it doesn't actually fulfill it. Right. And what what ends up happening. Yeah. And and I just like to make sure that people also realize that match.com owns a majority of the sites, including Tinder. A lot of people don't know that. And. If you're not paying to be on that site, then they are not actually doing the things that they should be doing for you. And somebody actually sued them last year because she went on a date with a rapist, a known rapist, and Tinder doesn't check for that. We have to understand that these companies are there to be helpful, yes, but also to make money. They are not going to take care of you. You have to make sure that when you are dating, you, you take care of yourself. Right. And if anybody asks you to then talk somewhere else on WhatsApp or Facebook or whatever, getting you off that app is also a big strategy for online scams. Very good point. So yeah, don't get scammed, y'all. 547 million. Here's the thing. A lot more people, you probably know somebody who has been scammed online and just don't know it because there's so much shame around it. Right. Yeah, no, like, how did you not know? But you know what? Like, I know when people are watching Tinder Swindler and then everybody's like, that woman's just dumb, that woman's whatever. I was like, 
Yeah, like really, we're gonna we're gonna victim shame, right? You don't know. You don't know what was said. You don't know in that moment how you would have reacted. We all like to think that we wouldn't. Yeah, we all like to think that would be very logical in some kind of like crisis mode, but you don't know. You don't. So that (laughs) (laughs) number three, the third reason that dating sucks is self awareness is crazy low. They did a survey and 95% of people think that they are very self-aware. And when they actually asked some questions about self-awareness, it ended up being about 10, maybe 15% people. people. So you're going on a date thinking that person's going to tell you who they are. We're collecting information. The thing is, is that that person doesn't know who they are. They don't actually, most people haven't done that work to find out how they tick how they love, how they show up in in conflict, what makes them maybe overwhelmed or shut down or pull away or push. Most of us have not done deeper work into that. So we're sitting across from somebody and three months or six months later, we feel taken advantage of, we feel upset because the person they presented wasn't the person that they are. And the thing is, is that that's going to happen. And that's why it's really important. I think we go slow and we observe. I'm a big fan of action dates. I'm a big fan of going and doing something. Take a class, go paint, go bowling, whatever it is, because you're going to learn more watching that person person do something yeah. than you do with them just telling you who they are, which may or may not. And they're not necessarily lying. They may think that they're that person. That just comes back to, to love is blind. Like they create this false sense of intimacy when they're in the pods and they're having these conversations, but it's just two people telling themselves. You never get to see like, are they rude to waiters? Do they throw a temper tantrum when they lose at mini golf? They never never get to see how the other person actually acts. They're just relying on all that self-reported data. I actually think don't just sit down and talk to each other for the first five dates because you're not actually getting real information all the time. Yeah. And, and once again, it's not people purposing, pur- purposefully lying. My guess is almost all of us are regularly talking about something of maybe who we are that isn't completely true or not really where we want to be yet. How many times have you met somebody who said that they're a runner and maybe they haven't ran in two years? I'm not right. judging whatsoever. Yeah. It's just that we have to be aware that most people are not self-aware. You're trying to tell some who you want to be and not who you actually are. Most of us do that all day, every day. And the thing is, is that that's a pretty shocking, you're awake when you maybe move in with this person and you see who they are versus the story of how who you created they were in your head with the information they told you. And then the stories, we write stories in our head about those relationships so quickly and that may or may not be true. Right. They're probably not true. They're probably not true, right? <laughs> when, if you're devastated over losing somebody that you've been on a couple of dates with, you are more attached to the stories of what you thought this was than you were about them. Right. You don't know it, them. Yeah, you don't know, know you. Right. There's no possible way for you to know who they really are. Right. And who they would really be in a relationship with you. Yeah. I, I guess that, that does make sense to me, though, because we're all busy thinking about who we are. We're not putting ourselves in someone else's shoes and then stepping outside of that and analyzing, do they really know themselves? We're not really asking that that question. No, we make a lot of assumptions. I even just think that it's 
bizarre that so many women think that men know what to do on dates. They weren't, they were <laughs> brought true. into some film strip in fourth grade <laughs> that told them how to date, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that never happens. So it's so weird that like women are like, men should take the lead. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? That makes sense at all because we're, we know as a society, we haven't even encouraged them to be like emotionally open and receiving so right why would we put that person in charge of the date that's why yeah. like both you come together and you do this together we teach rules about groom yourself or show up with candy or open doors little things like that but that not mean nothing yeah they mean nothing and we have this really which i could say this also as point number two is just that we have really mixed up ideas about what love and romance is. Oh we, my God. This is one of my favorite topics. So we have a huge, huge like knowledge gap in yes. that. About, well, they're, they're the same thing to most people. And they are not. They are not. They're absolutely not. Romantic um, gestures have nothing to do with love. That is, is that person, that's their perception of themselves. I'm a good person. So I'm going to, I'm going to open the door. It doesn't have anything to do with actually thinking about the other person and their needs and their desires. It's just a way to make yourself look good. And the thing is, is that it really just comes down to, and there's nothing wrong with doing something kind for somebody that you no. like or, or that you want to impress, but that doesn't actually equate anything about love if they would be good in a relationship with you, like none of that. We put a lot of like eggs in that basket about uh, yes. romantic gestures that mean check shit. Right. Anybody can buy you candy or flowers doesn't mean anything. I one time was dating this insanely toxic guy. He was awful. He was emotionally abusive. And we were out in public once and he suggested that I put hand sanitizer on my hands. It was at a vet clinic. And the person at the desk said, oh, Hold on to him. He's a keeper. What? Because he told me to use hand sanitizer? <laughs> no. No. Like, you don't know this person. He's awful. And oh. there is not enough hand sanitizer in the world to make him a good person or a good partner. And let me say this. It, no hand sanitizer in the world to make him a healed person and a healed no, partner. No. Right? No. Right? Absolutely like to not. No. And the thing is, is that, like, we equate somebody chasing you as love not it's right. actually either love bombing or it's just an attachment style and that actually has nothing to do with them liking you or having or choosing a relationship with you it's about winning you over yeah it's about winning or getting versus love i mean that's so, like, pretty much every rom-com ever is ever. is the man chasing the woman and her eventually caving in i every time i hear a story like that and it's usually an older woman who tells the story of the man who kept asking her out and one day she just got tired of saying no so she said yes and they've been married for 60 years yeah what the like, fuck oh. how unromantic is that really it's so unromantic it's so yeah. creepy i don't really ever want to tell the story of my partner wore me down no. so here we are right or right. for my partner to say she wore me down so here we are you know what i mean like that's there's nothing to do with love or a healthy relationship when we talk no, about that no that is and that's romance again that's that someone has this idea of you and they focused on on you as the object of their desire 
And you could be anybody. That object could change from whatever emotion they're having. It's not about the connection. It's about one person's feelings, not about two people's feelings. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got my last one here. Are you oh, ready okay. for it? Yes. The number one reason that dating sucks. Because we don't have to anymore. So people are giving up. Yeah. Let me explain that. Yes. As I mentioned earlier, especially as women, you had to date or be in a relationship with somebody to live, to literally survive. Half the times your parents couldn't even afford to keep you. There was no no birth control. There was probably somewhere between five and 15 children, right? They could not afford to keep you in the house. They had to match you up. And if you're a woman, you your parents had to give like grain and sheep right get rid right. of you. Yeah. Right. What is the joke? Please take my wife. Please take my daughter. <laughs> and exactly. Like, here's my daughter. Here's some like sheeps. Here's it's sheeps. Sheep. Here's some <laughs> like, here's some wheat. Take her, please. We can't afford to keep her anymore. Right. Yeah. And it just basically, we're not there anymore. We can survive and live on our own for the our whole lives if we want to. And that's okay. I am the first person to say if that's what makes you happy and you've done some work around it and that's your, and that's your joy place, do it. But I think that what we've also done is we look at all of the competition out there and we hear all of the horror stories and we basically at this point are just like, I'm over it and that's okay. But why I'm here, because I know that this is, this is the spinster life podcast is to say that if you think you want a relationship, I think everybody gets to have love, but we have to get out of our own way for it. We have to look at what mindsets we are maybe lacking and what relationship skills we don't have that could make this a lot easier and a lot better. Part of the reason that I created The Spinster Life came from that place of, I don't have to do this anymore and I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm just going to blacklist this from my life and I'm not a person who dates anymore. And I don't know that I was do I did a lot of work around that mindset. And I but I still come out on the side of yes, absolutely. If that if once you've done the work, that is what you want or what you don't want, rather, then you don't need that in your life. But you should be aware of why that is. Absolutely. Right. And the thing is, is that there's a Harvard study that they've been doing for 75 years. And the biggest thing that they've been like following these people, like the same people for year after year after year after year. It's really fascinating, actually. And the one there's a couple of things they found out. Number one, people who have healthy relationships live longer, they're happier, they have less anxiety, less stress. And the very first thing that our society, because we're so freaking obsessed with romantic relationships, right away, like when I posted that, like, All my clients are like, great, another thing to just tell me that being alone is terrible. And I'm like, no, the main thing is any healthy relationships, good friendship. Yeah. Like having like people who know you and people who listen and care about you. It does not have to be a partner, but for humanity, we do need connection and love. Yes. And that 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 can look a lot of different ways. Exactly. That we don't put equal weight on romantic relationships and friendships or your family. And it's not to our benefit. It's definitely to our detriment. 
No, because then now we put so much pressure on finding someone, quote unquote, finding someone, going on dates that we're basically sabotaging ourselves before that we even go into them because we've put so much pressure on that person in that situation who we don't even know. What gives me hope is the fact that I know that this can be done. I am living and I will say in case people don't know I'm a plus size woman I met my husband when I was 41 I am the farthest thing from perfect if I can do this anyone can <laughs> because love and community and connection is worth it yeah uh, and I think you know, that even more importantly anyone can do the work it's never too late never doesn't, doesn't matter how old you are how many years you've lived in a certain way if you want to change it's possible and if you want to be more in touch with yourself, that's always possible. And it's not only it's not only possible, and it's not even doing the work so you can get into a good relationship. It's no. also just so you like yourself better. Because yeah. living, we spend the most time with ourselves in our heads than any other person in our life. If you don't like yourself, that's a pretty tough life. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just always going to be able to come up with new ways to torture yourself and make yourself miserable. It's so really fun, isn't it? Why, yeah. Yeah. You have everyone else to fight against. So, you know, why not Why not just have one less person that you have to fight against? Yep. Absolutely. Because I'll tell you, when there is something, and I'm not even saying like self-love, I think that's sometimes a very lofty goal, but there's something beautiful about learning about self-worth, learning about self-acceptance, learning about self-compassion. People will always be like, do I need to love myself? You know how they'll say that? Like, you can't be in a relationship until you love yourself. Right. And then like, when I was single, I wanted to just, I just flipped those people off, like in my head <laughs> or sometimes in real life because nobody wants to hear that. But what I did learn and under come to understand in this work that I've done is that when we don't like ourselves, it feels uncomfortable when people like us and especially healthy people like us. And we will usually unconsciously sabotage that or push people out of our lives because what they say to us and what we feel about ourselves don't match. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody keeps saying to you, I think you're amazing. I'm, I care about you. I love you. I'm, I'm love dating you or whatever. If that's not matching what you're saying to yourself in your head, it won't feel good. And you will push that away and find somebody who treats you like you treat yourself. Right. Because you think that's normal. You think yep, that's what feels good to you. You have to train yourself to, to think that other things feel good. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I think we we laid down some information there for for everybody today, Amy. I think we did. I think I think we I think we really we laid out a really good case for why dating sucks. And some and some things that we can do to fight back against dating sucking. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't. But I do believe that we do have to have these bigger conversations around self-awareness and liking yourself and self-worth. Because I'll tell you, if you're single and you're dating, your self-worth better be like top notch or it's going to break you the fuck down, especially if you're (laughs) online dating, especially if you're online dating, you don't know what kind of like People are going to like come into your DMs with insults or dick pics. It's pretty rough out there. I might be married, but I, this is what I discuss with my clients all day, every day. The horror stories I hear of people, what they say, or they're nice to you for a second. And then when you don't, aren't interested or don't go along, they leash out on you, you know, like yeah. unleash on oh, you. Yeah. Like that shit, it seems to be the norm and it's not normal and it's right. not okay. Like the, the anonymity makes it so they feel comfortable just 
being their awful selves. They don't feel the need to hide or any social niceties. It's just, I'm feeling hurt and I'm going to make you feel hurt. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But I think that if people are online dating and they feel it's a positive experience and they're meeting quality people, go for it. If you're set on online dating, then give it the 20 to 25% of your time, right? Then right. take that yeah. other 75%, grow your social circle, meet people in real life, do things that are actually fun and that you're passionate about because waiting for somebody to choose you. Right. You're going to be waiting for a long, long, long time. Long time. and especially Or, if you or you're going to get chosen yourself. by someone who you do not want to be chosen by. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Kira, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Amy. Yes. So please tell us where people can find you online. Absolutely. So uh, my uh, company is called Relationship Quotient. So kind of like IQ and Emotional mm. Quotient, EQ. I teach the mindsets and skills for incredible relationships. And my biggest program right now is called Reinventing Dating. And I'm loving it so much because we learned the exact things that we were talking about today that... Uh, I've started a daily podcast Monday through Friday, short five to 10 minutes, um, talking about the things that we should be thinking about and talking about with dating instead of profiles and pictures and dick pics and ghosting. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So for someone who is getting back into dating and needs a little bit of like of a push and a little coaching, they can yeah, get you absolutely. in their ears every day. I mean, what a dream, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I laugh at myself. Yeah, no, I want to I wanna be how, you know, people wake up in the morning and think and, and start actually reinventing this because all the things that we've just talked about are why it's not working and we can do better. We absolutely can. Um, give us your social handles. Yes, I am at Kira Sabin, K-I-R-A-S-A-B-I-N, Uh on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. Uh, and once again, I have my own podcast. Uh, the podcast is called Reinventing Dating Daily, and you should definitely check it out and subscribe. Amazing. Yes, definitely check it out. Thank you again. Dating sucks, but but we don't have to sit back and just let it suck. That's right. We can fix it. We can together. fix it. We can fix it. Awesome. Thanks, Amy, for having me. Thank you. If you want to support the spinster life, listen up. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or sign up for the Substack newsletter, spinsterlife.substack.com or follow us on Instagram at Living the Spinster Life. I'm also on YouTube. The channel handle is The Spinster Life. Thanks for listening.